Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We hit the field light. All day light. All night light. Here we go. Here we go. Keep it on. Keep it on. Keep it on. This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition, a special edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Rapine along with Daryl Ryder. We do this every single week. And boy, do we have some breaking news and uh, some big news that uh, you probably heard on Tuesday night. We're going to get to that coming up in just a second. A quick reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, every podcast posted at 923thefan.com. And Daryl, let's dive into it. This is exciting. I know I'm excited. You're excited. The city of Cleveland's excited. I think there's going to be billboards put up within the week. Odell Beckham Jr., he's Cleveland bound. It it sounded far-fetched. It sounded wild. It sounded hot-takey. But OBJ coming to Cleveland. Yeah, you know, it it certainly shocked me because we've been hearing the rumors for weeks and weeks. And then Tuesday afternoon, my phone kept blowing up with more rumors of Odell Beckham Jr. And I just didn't want to believe it. <laughs> and uh, I'll believe, my it, friend. It, it is reality. And quite, yeah, uh, quite frankly, uh, kudos John Dorsey, who basically cleaned uh, Dave Gettleman's clock in this particular trade. Uh, you give up Jabril Peppers, you give up 17, you give up 95, and that is it <laughs> for arguably the best player in the National Football League or at least one of the premier players in the National Football League, a very small price to pay. Yeah, I love it. I love everything about this deal. And honestly, we kind of talked about this framework on Monday. A player, specifically a safety, I didn't know if it would be Peppers or not, but we talked about that. The, the fact that it was only a one, and then your late three, the three that you get, uh, you got from New England, I, I, I just it makes so much sense to me to do this. And if, I, if I'm the Giants, I feel slightly underwhelmed. But the Browns, this is the type of deal, that's the type of price that you wanted to pay to get OBJ here. Now he's here. Apparently he wants more money. We could talk about that in a second. But from a, a football standpoint... Daryl has there, because obviously you've covered the team much longer than I have, has there been a time where there, the fans, at least since the Browns have come back, there hasn't been a time where it's been this exciting and this hopeful and this optimistic going forward? Well, I mean, Browns fans go bonkers no matter what in the offseason. I mean, this, is the, this has always been the seminal moment of the year culminating in the NFL draft for them. And now hope that eternal hope that pops up each and every spring now turns to expectation. And the fact that this team is expected to not just be good, but they can be expected to win. The losing is over. Uh, I think that they're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, Do I think they can get to the Super Bowl? I don't know. They got to prove it first, but 
this trade positions themselves to be able to do that. It positions them to be able to compete with the NFL's elite, the New England's of the world, the Kansas City's of the world. How about this? How about this one? John Dorsey is going to be responsible for two of the most prolific offenses in the National Football League in Kansas City and Cleveland. How about that to chew on? You're right. You're right. It's and you look at them on paper and I, I get the the Kareem Hunt thing, but you have to mix him in there. Uh, the, the football side of it with Hunt, Chubb, Baker, Odell. Yep. Um, I, I mean, it's just it's insane. And the fact that they were able to get him in the price they paid, it's not like it's it's not it wasn't two ones, which we had speculated about, and I was willing to do personally. I, I would have been willing to do that. They didn't have to put up the mortgage of the future of the franchise to get a a guy in Odell Beckham Jr. Who, let's be honest, it has had three seasons of 90-plus receptions, has had 4,000-yard years, has, has had three years of 1,300 yards or more, and it was his first three years in, this, uh, in the NFL, all Pro Bowl years. Uh, to me, he can come here to Cleveland and has a real shot to take his game to another level. He's going to help Jarvis Landry. He's going to benefit from playing with Baker Mayfield instead of the carcass that is Eli Manning. I mean, this just seems like a match made in heaven and at the perfect time. And, and, and it's crazy to think about because when you look back, life comes at you fast. What, 14 months ago? Sixteen? It was 16 months ago or so. There's a parade in downtown Cleveland celebrating 0-16. <laughs> now you got Baker Mayfield. you got Jarvis yeah. Landry, Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, who we could talk about for a second. I mean, there's so many moves and so much talent coming in here to the Cleveland Browns. I get why people, and I get why you're talking Super Bowl. You're talking about favorite to win the division. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, and to put this in perspective, okay, as far as what Odell Beckham Jr. will bring to the Cleveland Browns, Josh Gordon is the only player in franchise history to record a 1,300-yard receiving season. Beckham's done that three times in five years. Since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970 – Braylon Edwards is the only Browns receiver to catch 10 touchdowns in a season. He did in 2007. Beckham has also done that three times in five years. That just hopefully puts into perspective the type of player that John Dorsey has added to this franchise. Yeah. Someone, you know, you know, with that uh, ability. Um, I, I, I know that there's some concerns about this guy's big personality, a lot of – Negative stuff, understandably so. He's out the door, so the negative uh, stories are, are, are going to start to pour out uh, about Beckham and, and how he was a, a cancer or a problem child. You know, Pat Sher we had heard leading up to the trade that Pat Shermer wanted to get him the hell out of the Big Apple. Uh, those two apparently did not uh, get along. In fairness, not many people got along with Pat Shermer in Cleveland, especially the media. Uh, and so, uh, you know... This thing is now set for them to be an immediate contender. I'm not worried about the personality and all those negative stories coming out because he's going to be here with his best friend, Jarvis Landry, from LSU. His position coach from LSU is now the Browns receivers coach, Adam Henry. He and Baker Mayfield formed a bit of a, a, a friendship last year when they all when him and Landry and, and Beckham posed for that picture out in California that 
went viral last year and kind of really got the buzz going. And then, of course, uh, you know, uh, resurfaced last night again on social media. So I'm not worried about those type of things. What's going to be interesting going forward, though, is when I look at this offense, uh, how things are going to get spread around. I thought John Dorsey did a really class, classy thing uh, t- uh, Tuesday night by uh, releasing Brashad Perriman from the uh, the one-year $4 million agreement because basically all of Perriman's targets just vanished. And, uh, you know, that was a reset my market type of deal for 2020. So uh, I thought that that was a very uh, classy gesture uh, by John Dorsey to go ahead and do that. But uh, this offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and it's going to be interesting to see just when I look at just how loaded they are. You could argue they got the best one-two combination at receiver, and you could argue they got the best one-two running back combination in the league. Uh, I think the second part is true. I think the second part is true. I'm with you on Baker Mayfield. And here's the thing, too. Daryl, in, in, we just assume, and rightfully so, after the record-setting rookie year that Baker had, especially since he didn't start the first couple of weeks, we just right. assume he's going to take a step forward, right? But John Dorsey yeah. now has put the talent around him to almost force him to take a step forward, to, to, to force him to improve. Because there are times, yeah. you see it in basketball, Donovan Mitchell earlier this year, there are times when you have a really good rookie year, and then your second year, I don't want to say sophomore slump, but you don't take that step forward. That's what it is. Yeah, you, you don't take that step forward that, that some of these that, – that people are expecting. I find it extremely hard to believe, and I know that the Kevin Zeitler was a – it was a loss, but I find it extremely hard to believe that an offense now, that instead of Carlos Hyde has Kareem Hunt, that instead of insert whatever wide receiver you want to put in place now has Odell Beckham Jr., like, Jarvis Landry took the world by storm on hard knocks. Odell Beckham Jr. is a better wide receiver than Jarvis Landry. I mean, he's much better. And I think that he's going to command the attention of opposing defenses and double teams, which guess what it's going to do? It's going to free up juice underneath. And suddenly, I wouldn't be shocked if Odell Beckham Jr. has 12 to 1,300 yards. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if Jarvis Landry has 11 to 1,200 yards and has a really huge year because he's – for the first time in a long time, facing single coverage, especially from the slot. Uh, let's see. Uh, haven't talked about Antonio Callaway. Haven't talked about David Njoku in this offense either. No. They're almost all the. They're almost all of a sudden afterthoughts. Okay, uh, and that is what is just so incredibly exciting to think about what this offense is going to look like. I, I, I said it last night on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, with Amy Lawrence that uh, I think this offense is just going to run track meets on people. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm i just objectively setting all the excitement uh, that this trade brings, James. I, I, I just – I'm objectively looking at the weaponry <laughs> that the Cleveland Browns are going to put on the football field in 2019, and I'm just thinking to myself, I just don't think you can stop that. Like, I, for the first time since 2007 – um, I, I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns offense like, there ain't no way you stopping it. You can try. It ain't happening. Good luck to you. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It is. It's going to be a, a ton of fun to watch. And th- there's a ton I want to get into. Uh, Lewis Riddick, you, you'll hear a clip from him coming up later in the podcast. 
But to me, Daryl, this is one of those moments. And in, in, in throughout history, you, you have them. Um, I, I saw some tweets yesterday that, that said, oh, well, to me, this is almost like LeBron James coming back. Like, everyone remembers where they were when he left. Everyone remembers where they, they were when they read the Sports Illustrated article with Lee Jenkins saying that he was going to come back and return home here to Cleveland. I think this is one of those moments, no matter how it works out, no matter if, if Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. both end up having statues outside of First Energy Stadium, no matter if Odell Beckham Jr. is riddled with injuries and knock on wood, I hope that doesn't happen and this trade doesn't work out. Regardless of that, everyone's going to remember last night. Everyone's going to remember yep. the moment that the Browns acquired Odell Beckham Jr. in his first press conference and how excited they were. And, and that, to me alone... It's the beauty of, of being a sports fan, and for the first time in a long time, if you're a Browns fan, you look at this and you're like, oh, my goodness. They have a real shot, and having a real shot is uh, is dangerous, as the great Baker Mayfield would say. <laughs> oh, yes, I, I do believe that the Browns offense is feeling very, very dangerous all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and uh, just – I go back to that 2007 Brown season. You know, uh, Kellen Winslow Jr. had 1,000 yards receiving, made the Pro Bowl. Braylon Edwards uh, had the 1,000 yards receiving, made the Pro Bowl. The Browns had six Pro Bowlers that uh, particular year, won 10 games uh, in typical Cleveland Browns luck, weren't able to get into the playoffs despite winning those 10 games because the 10th win came against San Francisco instead of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but, you know, this is going to be a lot of fun for fans uh, to watch. Uh, but also at the same time, I think that we got to kind of keep things in perspective here a, a little bit as well and be realistic. And it's not to throw a wet blanket on what John Dorsey has done this offseason because it's nothing short of incredible, okay? He has reshaped this franchise in 15 short months as the general manager. Sashi Brown wanted to take five years – and those five years start with the first going one in 31, okay? So it, it, Dorsey benefited from some of the assets that Sashi was able to acquire, but he has completely transformed this f- once feckless, listless, unable-to-beat-a-peewee football team roster into a legitimate Super Bowl contender in 15 months. That is nothing short of incredible. And on paper, this might be one of the better – this might be actually the best roster in 30 years, going back to the late 80s when the Browns were losing to the Denver Broncos every year in the AFC Championship game. That's how good of a football team – John Dorsey has put together. So from a fan's perspective, enjoy the hell out of this. I mean, you you suffered long enough, no question about it. But I'm curious to really see. They got to go out there and do it. You know, we can talk about expectations. And, you know, I wrote last night that I, I think that the Browns are a Super Bowl contender. They're right there with New England. They're right there with Kansas City and New Orleans and Los Angeles or any other team you want to throw out there on both sides of the football. However, they still have to go out there. They have to prove it. You don't win here in the offseason, even though John Dorsey is the Super Bowl champion of the 2019 offseason. Go ahead and give him executive of the year honors now. But 
they got to prove it. They, they got to go out there and win the football games. You still got to go through the process. The schedule's different. The days of playing every Sunday at 1 p.m. at First Energy Stadium are over. Get used to calling in sick, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, on Fridays and on Tuesdays because the Browns will be playing on Monday night football. They will be playing on Sunday night football. They will be playing on Thursday night football. And they will be playing that a lot, not just this coming year, but in coming years. You, they, I, I'm fully convinced that the Cleveland Browns are about to become America's team. They've been waiting for 30 years for this franchise to get back to where it potentially can go now, to where John Dorsey has positioned them to be able to go. Browns fans can come out of the woodwork proudly. I know people will talk about bandwagon jumpers and whatnot. Trust me, there are no bandwagon jumpers when it comes to the Cleveland Browns and their fans. They have fans all across the country. Hell, they got, they got fans across the world. And they're all going to come out of the woodwork now and be able to finally proudly cheer for their football team. It's going to be great. It is. It is. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm James Erpine. You're going to hear from Lewis Riddick coming up in just a few minutes. We'll also talk about what else John Dorsey could do. Here's what I'm going to trademark, Daryl. And we talked about this, I believe it was two podcasts ago, pre and post JD, because post JD life, <laughs> post JD life is mighty, mighty fun. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., this is the type of uh, GM that that you have to love because even if it doesn't work, and, and we talk a lot about the Indians, and obviously the Indians are coming up, uh, their season's getting ready to start, but even if big moves like this don't work, and I'm not saying it's not going to because I think it's going to be a lot of fun right. and have a lot of success with the Browns, but the reason I think Indians fans are so upset is the fact that they feel like the ownership isn't willing to go for it. The Browns here, they're going for it. And as a fan, that is refreshing. It's exciting. I like the aggressiveness. And I've talked about this on 92.3 The Fan. We've talked about it on the podcast, too. That's how you win in today's NFL. Rams, Eagles, Patriots, they're all willing to go after it and be aggressive and make the bold trade and give up draft assets. Uh, The Denver Broncos a couple years ago, the Seattle Seahawks, aggressiveness wins and the Browns have an aggressive GM. They have their quarterback of the present and future, and you see now that they're willing to go make the moves. Dude, I I, I get why people are excited, and they should be, and uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm almost repeating myself right now, but the fact that P, uh, post-JD, the post-JD Browns, not only are they exciting, but they're a legitimate contender. Well, and, you know, absolutely, and this isn't just about the offense. Defense, Sheldon Richardson, Three years, $39 million worth every penny. And I guess that uh, – I'll say this, uh, James. The Sheldon Richardson agreement was the precursor to this all because I had been saying for weeks that I believed defensive tackle was going to be the target with that 17th pick in the draft. And he goes out and signs a premier defensive tackle to stick in the middle of that defensive line just a couple of days after – uh, getting Olivier Vernon from the New York Football Giants. And uh, basically a little detail that came out this morning that I've been able to confirm is that uh, it that f- trade on Friday, that particular agreement, basically becomes Vernon straight up for Kevin Zeitler. The, the, the two picks that were involved, uh, 133 that was supposed to be coming to the Browns, 155 that was supposed to be going to the Giants, they revert. So the Browns get 155 back. The Giants get 133 back. 
That is a, a little detail in the Odell Beckham uh, Jr. trade, the fine print in there. So basically that trade becomes a straight-up deal. And, uh, you know, uh, the Browns, again, getting Odell for what I believe to be next to nothing. Uh, but when I look at this defensive front and what they potentially could be able to do, there's combined stats from last year, James, 30-and-a-half sacks, 81 quarterback hits, 33 tackles for loss. That is a bleep ton of production from your defensive front. And I can't wait to see what those four are able to do uh, this coming season, mm -hmm. in addition to watching what I believe is going to be just uh, basically a scoring machine on the other side of the football. And that's the thing. I got this on Twitter a little bit is, oh, come on, the Eagles. Did it work out for them when they had the dream team years and years ago? And, and they acquired Namdi Asma and, and Vince Young and, and a bunch of bums. The, the, the Browns just got the best wide receiver in football. Okay, yeah. who's under contract for years and years and years. They paired him with a young quarterback. They have yep. Kareem Hunt. And here's the other thing. It's not just all flash. Like you said, they just bolstered the defensive line. That's what they did. They go out and they get another pass rusher in Olivier Vernon. What else do they do? They go out and get Sheldon Richardson, who I think pairs really well with Agba, assuming Agba's still here. Like, to me... All of it makes sense, the vision, the fact that they gave up 17, but they did plug yep. their hole at defensive tackle like you mentioned. This isn't just all flash. This isn't all just fantasy football. John Dorsey got better in the trenches. He got better at getting after the opposing team's quarterback. I mean, the most questionable thing of this offseason in an offseason filled with awesomeness is either one, bringing on a potential headache in Kareem Hunt because we don't know right. uh, about the suspension, but he's arguably the best running back in football, so I still get it from a talent perspective. And two, the 33rd pick in the draft last year, giving him the keys to the ship and letting him start at guard. If, if those are your two biggest risks, I'll take it, I'll like it, and, and I'll, I'll roll the dice there and see what happens. I just, I think he's done a great job, and, and, and I think it needs to be kind of drilled home. This isn't just a, a flashy offseason. Like, they're, they're going after Sheldon Richardson, who's a run stuffer. They, they go right. after Olivier Vernon, who's going to get after the pass rush and, and be a uh, get after the quarterback and bolster the pass rush and be a Robin to Miles Garrett's Batman. I mean, it's it, it makes a lot of sense, all of the moves top to bottom that John Dorsey's done. Yeah, and, you know, he, he really has gone into this with that aggressive mindset that I had been talking about uh, four weeks. Uh, I'm chuckling right now because I'm seeing some of the uh, <clears throat> some of the headlines coming out of uh, New York. They're taking the trade really well, uh, as they tend to take everything well in that city. <laughs> um, <clears throat> actually, this time they have a legit reason to be unhappy, uh, <laughs> because again, John Dorsey completely fleeced Dave Gettleman. But you're right. You know, Dorsey went into this with a plan. You know, and and what. I've mentioned this. He's more comfortable trading for players than he is just breaking out a checkbook and writing a check to, to a free agent. Now, he's probably going to have to go back and do some renegotiating with some guys. I think Olivier Vernon's contract could get redone. Uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported last night that Odell Beckham Jr. would like his contract to be reworked, even though he had just signed that blockbuster deal that will uh, potentially pay him in excess of uh, $90 million with $65 million of that guaranteed. 
Uh, but I think what Odell's looking at is he wants to still be the highest-paid wide receiver in the National Football League. So they got that. You know, uh, Demarius Randall uh, needs to be extended. Uh, and Dorsey's not done. Uh, I fully expect by the end of the day uh, or within uh, uh, the hey. next 24 hours or so, could have a could have a safety here. Don't spill the beans yet. I want to get to that in a second. Don't spill the beans that, yet. That's fine. Um, uh, I, I think they're going to have another safety. They still need to add uh, a linebacker. And then the rest of it's filler. The, the rest of it's just roster filler. So uh, Dorsey's not done yet. He's done a hell of a lot since Friday, but he's not done yet. And that is where we will uh, take a quick timeout because he's not done yet. Let's talk about what moves are left out there, what Daryl's hearing Make sure you check out Daryl's work at 923thefan.com. Follow him on Twitter at right or wrong fan. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine. Daryl, I'm excited. And I'm going to ask you if you're getting an OBJ jersey. We'll do that on the other side. Plus, you're going to hear from Lewis Riddick. We'll do that next on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Erpine. He's Daryl Ryder. You're going to hear from Lewis Riddick in about 60 seconds. Real quick, Daryl, are you going to get – I know I get – you're a journalist. You're not going to be biased here. You want the team to do well from a professional sense. You getting an OBJ jersey? Because it's mighty tempting. No, I, I, I will not. I certainly encourage fans to do so, but no. Uh, and true story, I didn't buy a LeBron James jersey until he left for the Lakers because uh, I got it off the clearance rack at the team shop. <laughs> oh, stop it. I, really? I'm dead serious. The only other jersey I own uh, is a Bob Feller uh, Cooperstown Collection jersey from 1948. Uh, I own an Al Rosen replica jersey, and I have a Chicago Cubs jersey that I bought way back in the early 2000s when I visited Wrigley Field for the first time. Those are the only jerseys I own, and I don't wear any of them. Uh, the LeBron jersey's hanging in my office, uh, but yeah, I, I don't do the jersey thing, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm sure. Here's the funny thing. The Browns are going to sell a lot of jerseys this year, and next year they're getting new uniforms. So you're going to have to not only buy the jersey this Genius. year, but you're going <laughs> you're going to need the new uniform next year. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's genius. Real real quick on that, do you think the Sherwin Williams um, board downtown? Obviously, LeBron was on it for so long. Put John Dorsey up there. You put John Dorsey, <laughs> dude. I'm thinking a, a little Baker 
combination with OBJ. I'm Ooh. serious. Well, I mean, that, that's my leave, idea. You can't leave Jarvis out of that, though. You got to. Do you put, put Jarvis, Jarvis in there? there? Yes, absolutely. Damn right you do. Okay. They're, they're they're BFFs. The new big three. Yes. I, NFL had a, a really good picture. It looked like Odell Beckham Jr. was really in Browns gear. Uh, that, that they <laughs> that they had posted posted already. So it's the, the it's artists insane. were hard at work last night. The the the, the Photoshop uh, work has been primo. All across the board, I've been impressed with every piece of Photoshop art of Odell Beckham Jr. in orange and brown. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of it's looked great. All right, real quick, before we get into what John Dorsey could do next and who knows what he could do next, uh, before we do that, let's uh, let's hear from Lewis Riddick. I thought this was really interesting because for, for so long, there's been a lot of national media that, that's ripped the Browns, that's been critical of the Browns, it's made fun of the Browns and Lewis Riddick talking about hope versus expectation and why he totally would have jumped at this deal if he was the Browns for Odell Beckham Jr. Here's Lewis Riddick of ESPN. You told me I could get Odell Beckham Jr. at 26 years old, a guy who right now is on the cusp of being maybe one of the true great wide receivers that this league has ever seen. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. People have said this about him, and he's put it on display for a one my second three in Jabril Peppers. I'd be like, where, where, where how, how fast can I get you to paperwork? I do that deal all day long. I do it all day long, especially if I have Baker Mayfield, if I have Jarvis Landry, one of his former teammates. Right. I have Nick Chubb. I have Kareem Hunt at some point in 2019. I have a defense now that has Olivier Vernon. I have a defense that has Miles Garrett. And I have a head coach in Freddie Kitchens right now who has shown that he can take young talent and kind of get them to raise their level on the offensive side of the ball in particular. We'll see how he does as a head coach. Look, if you're a Cleveland Brown fan, mm -hmm. it's time to be excited right now because now expectations – see, there's nothing worse than being a fan and not having real expectations. Yeah, now they have, they have real expectations. It's, all, it's, all, it's beyond hope. Now it's not, it's not we're hopeful. It's like we, have expect, you, we expect you to win now. Yeah. And that's a great feeling for them. And I'm telling you, what John Dorsey's doing right now, you got to give him credit. He is putting together some weapons to give to the coaching staff and go, have at it. I've done my job. That's a great feeling. All right, Daryl. So th there's a, a lot there that, that I thought was interesting. Here's what I like. You have someone, a, a former front office executive, someone who hopes to be a GM in the NFL at some point one day, maybe of the Giants. Who knows what happens there in New York after this deal? Um, but he, one, praises the fact that John Dorsey's willing to be aggressive and make a deal, a first and a third in a player for someone like Odell Beckham Jr., and, and the other thing he brought up there that stands out is hope versus expectation and how it's it's a complete 180. And now fans, now the Browns, now everyone here in Cleveland expects the Browns to do well and how quickly it's changed. It's, uh, it, it, is, uh, it is insane when you think about it from that perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, we're sitting here, we're sitting here talking about Super Bowl, right? <clears throat> uh, and, and, and that's what we should be talking about. That's what 31 other uh, fan bases talk about. And we're finally to a point where we can actually say those words without laughing. <laughs> okay? Uh, like, you're kidding, right? Your joke? Where's the punch? No, legitimately, the Cleveland Browns are positioned to be Super Bowl contenders now uh, with this trade and with the roster that John Dorsey has been able to build. The, the, the questions are, and we touched on it a little earlier in the podcast, can they live up to expectations? How are they going to handle the hype? We know how they responded when everyone was kicking them when they were down last year, okay? They responded by winning five of their last seven games, and that kind of started to shut some people up. 
and the laughter died down and the and the jokes went away. Baker Mayfield set the 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 rookie record uh, for touchdown passes in a single season. He only needed 13 starts to do it. Imagine what he would have been able to do had he been given all 16 games uh, to start. Now I'm interested to see how Baker Mayfield's going to perform when everybody's patting him on the back. Nobody's going to be talking smack about him. No one's going to be, you know, I'm sure they'll be nitpicking, you know, the TMZs and the dead spins of the world. <laughs> you know, that's going to be the next phase that they're, we're going to have to deal with here because that just comes part and parcel of, you know, being a, a, a title contender is, is you tend to end up in those type of publications, hopefully nothing too salacious or distracting from what they're trying to accomplish. But, how they handle the primetime games and the different schedules and that. Uh, there's there's a lot here. It's all positive. It's all positive. It's great. Fans should be pumped. Go get your OBJ jerseys. Get your season tickets. I hear that see I, I hear tickets are going fast. I had one friend text me last night uh, that the Browns were sold out of season tickets. Uh, I checked with the Browns. They're not officially sold out of season tickets, but uh, if you're interested, do call out, and they'll uh, they'll tell you what uh, needs to happen uh, for you to make that happen if you want to go see the Cleveland Browns. But if you, you got tickets, that's a good thing because the, it's going to be the hottest ticket in town. It, it really is. And maybe they're going to have to put those 3,000 seats that they took out of First Energy Stadium. They may <laughs> need to find a way to put those seats back in somewhere. The I, OBJ you know seats. The right, OBJ and, seats. I like it. Right. You know, they went from 72 to, to 68 uh, when they did the re the renovation, but they might need to <laughs> find a way to squeeze in a few extra chairs uh, now. Uh, so it's all exciting. It's all positive. And, and, again, I don't want to come off as being negative or wet blanket. I just, I'm just also trying to be pragmatic and realistic about this situation, and that is they have to go out and perform. They also have to stay healthy. Uh, the good news is there's some depth here now, so if a guy gets banged up, I think that they'll be able to survive and kind of keep the boat afloat until the, the player comes back. But, um, you know, you have to prove it. You have to do it. Um, but it's great just to sit here and be able to say the Cleveland Browns are Super Bowl contenders, and that's not a joke. It's not a punchline. Not poking fun at them. It's a legitimate fact. Yeah, and the, the one thing I, I do want to note, before we get to what could happen next, OBJ, uh, from Jay Glazer to uh, j just people all across the league, everything I've heard, and I know he's known for distractions and stuff like that and the kicking net and all that, all accounts I've heard are that he's a great teammate. I haven't heard these people say, oh, he's a bad teammate. He was awful to Eli. Right. He he quit. He didn't play or he didn't practice. He was this. He was that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that everything was always rosy. In New York, and obviously it hasn't been, especially the past couple of years. But literally from Jay Glazer to former teammates to current team, I haven't heard anything bad about Odell Beckham Jr., the teammate. So when you're talking about that, you're talking about his relationship with Jarvis Landry, you're talking about his position coach from LSU being on the Browns staff, Baker Mayfield, we know the type of leader he is. I think this fits. I think that, that success is... Uh, th this team in that offense destined for success, and uh, it, it just it, it makes so much sense that o Odell Beckham Jr. one of the best landing spots in the NFL right here in Cleveland, no doubt about it. Uh, by the way, real quick, we record we're recording this 
on Wednesday morning around 9 o'clock. Demetrius Harris, someone we talked to on Monday, or talked about on Monday, Daryl. Uh, the Kansas City uh, tight end, he was a free agent. John Dorsey's yep. guy has agreed to a two-year deal with the Browns. So there you go. There's a, a little bit more news uh, for your Wednesday. I like that move, a little more depth. You mentioned depth. I like having a guy like Harris, 6'7", can block, certainly can help you in the red zone uh, to be another weapon, another wrinkle in an offense that has a bunch of them. Yeah, and uh, basically replaces Darren Fells, uh, who they uh, released. So, um, yeah, again, the the way this is coming into focus, and and it's it's the attention to detail, you know, that's going to – that's a pretty important signing because, you know, while we're all focused on Odell and Sheldon Richardson more so Odell than anything because he's the headliner here, um, there are other areas of the football team that you still have to address. Uh, and we're going to see some depth signings and additions here uh, in the coming days. Uh, again, safety, uh, linebacker, I expect him to address those. Uh, and then we got the draft still. And, and here's the other great <laughs> – but here's the thing. <laughs> Who cares, right? They don't have a first-round pick now. Uh, that's not to say that they won't have a first-round pick because John Dorsey certainly has the ammunition that if he would like a first-round pick this year, he can go get one. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, what Dorsey's able to do with, with those picks because he's, he's going to be able to use them to fill in some of these holes as well because they, you know, they – you still need to build through the draft, but they've got 49 overall in round two. They got a three, uh, a four, three fives, a six, and a seven. Again, remember, and I just uh, checked my Twitter mentions and people are, because I, I tweeted out the updated Browns draft picks and, and people are questioning, uh, you know, what happened to uh, a couple of the picks. Well, in the trade agreement with, uh, the Giants Friday in the Kevin Zeitler for uh, Olivier Vernon trade, uh, 132, 133 or whatever, and, and 155 swapped. Hand, well, those revert back. So the Browns get back 155, which is a round five pick, and the Giants get back their fourth rounder. So uh, that is why the Browns are back to one fourth rounder and three fifth rounders. But he's got the ammunition to go to go back up. Uh, in the draft, and you know, if we've learned anything about John Dorsey, he loves uh, loves putting together a football team by uh, trading with his federal uh, fellow general managers. And boy, has he done a hell of a job in 15 months! Yeah, he's done a hell of a job. Real quick, Daryl, before we uh, get out of here, what could happen next? I'm seeing Earl Thomas's name. I certainly yeah. think that that's one safety. Clearly, a need now that the Browns are. Definitely going for it. I think addressing safety and free agency makes a lot of sense. Uh, ha-ha Clinton Dix would be another name I, w- I would throw out there. But uh, Earl Thomas seems to be someone that uh, a lot of people, and I've seen some some reports and stuff on Twitter. I tweeted out, hey, keep an eye on him, just because it seems like nothing's too big for the Browns now. They went and they got their guy in Odell Beckham Jr. If that could happen, surely they could sign someone like Earl Thomas but uh, safety, obviously, a need. What do you expect from the Browns in the next uh, 24 I'll to 48 throw out hours? I'll another scenario. Uh-oh. Uh, what if, what Uh-oh. if they trade for Eric Berry? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, he's but, he's become again, expendable and rumored to be on the chopping block there in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I You mean, might be able to get him for cheap. Right, and and so keep your eye on, on that situation in Kansas City as well. So 
whether or not the Chiefs want to help out their former GM remains to be seen. But I, I just I throw that out there uh, just as, as a potential scenario. But Earl Thomas is the name that I immediately heard after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade uh, uh, came out. Uh, I, I, Dorsey is absolutely not done. Um, he has had a tremendous offseason to date, but he's not done. Uh, I'm not anticipating getting much sleep in the coming days, and it's going to be a beautiful thing because that means that the Cleveland Browns are uh, are making moves and uh, making moves to position themselves to uh, hopefully achieve what they've never achieved, and that's not only get to a Super Bowl, but actually win the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that, that's what this is about. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of I admit, you know, when Freddie Kitchens was hired and and he talked about that, I. I did the typical eye roll. I mean, I I heard it from the previous 20 coaches the Browns had hired. You know, that, oh, we're going to turn this thing around and we're going to try and win a Super Bowl and we're going to achieve greatness and all the yada. I'm like, yeah, okay, coach, yeah, I've heard it all. But, you know, seeing what John Dorsey has done, it's like, holy cow, this might actually happen. <laughs> you know, they might actually be able to do what they say they aspire to do. It's, it's, it's a fantastic feeling. So it's a great day to be a Browns fan. I think it's going to be an even greater time to be a Browns fan starting this fall. Here's one for you to mull on for the next podcast. Uh-oh. Who's closer to winning the whole damn thing? The Browns or the Indians? Come on now. Don't do that to my Indians. You're welcome. Don't don't do that cuz every listener right now is I, every listener, every single one's like the Browns and I don't blame I, them. You, you can't I do that right now. You Yes, I do. I'm going to give you a few days to, to mull that over and come Stop. up with your defense. Don't Because do, <laughs> I think defense. you know where I stand. <laughs> my defense? Yeah, I mean, you my, just said you're Indians. My, well, yeah, because I'm the one who covers the Indians. You cover the Browns. Good saying. God. Just saying. I, I will say this. You, I, I don't even want to get into that. Don't do that to me. OBJ. I'm, I'm on my way to... Uh, to, to get the OBJ jersey. I wonder if he's gonna going to go back. You're going to get a jersey. I don't know. I'm thinking about it, man. Man, I'm you're th- going to make a lot of people in Cincinnati very, very angry. I know, dude. Morning. Did you see some of them people on Twitter already? I, well, you, it, know, it, I, you, you know what? You know what this reminds me of? Uh, just because – and, and I, I'm not going to shy away from this. I grew up in Cincinnati, covered the Bengals. Um, it reminds me of the days of uh, Chad Johnson – as Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry as T.J. Hushmanzada. <laughs> like, from a style standpoint, I think Odell's a little more explosive. He's, he's a little smaller than Chad. But you get my point. Like, the way they fit together, it's insane. Uh, by the way, how are things going in uh, Bengal land these days? <laughs> <laughs> Have they done anything this offseason? No, they, they re-signed Bobby Hart, the guy who was a turnstile against Miles Garrett they even, last year. Do they even plan on fielding a team this fall? Let, let's start there. They do. Um, I think they're I think they're legally required with that stadium they got. I, I used to I, I used as to I used s- to say with the Browns. I used to say this every year with the Browns. The lease requires the Browns field the team, but the lease does not stipulate the quality of the team that must be fielded. Yeah, I think that that's right where the Cincinnati Bengals are right I, now. I, I tried <laughs> to tell people when I was there that I, I they should hire me to be GM that I would do a better job. And now who's laughing? Now yeah, who's well, laughing? You know, yeah, I mean, well. I, and I, I hate to be you know the. Uh, the guy, back to break, to the, Bengals. The, the guy to break this news to you, Daryl. Um, yeah, please but, do. But we uh, really, I mean, I got here late November, early December. That's when the Browns really started to make their run. It was announced in early November that I was coming up here. Right. I mean, 
I'm not saying that I'm a big part of the Browns, like, turning things around, but I'm not saying I'm not a big part of the Browns finding a way to turn things around. So may, maybe you should add me in the the, the pre and post JD. Maybe JR should be in there somewhere. No, no, I, I I don't know, it, man. I think I might have a hand in this. This is all John Dorsey because you know what? This started before you got here. I know, I know. When they picked Baker Mayfield, I I was covering the draft. I was like, that's the right pick, Denzel Ward. So, I said that's the right pick. Somebody tweeted this morning. Anyone missed Sashi yet? And all the Sashi lovers popped on the tweet and. Uh, and I'll just no. say, be, no, be, I don't miss Sashi. The Brown. Dorsey Wars they Sashi have. We called, it, we, we called them the Sashi Wars when you know everyone was fighting to tell what a great genius Sashi Brown was as a GM. Uh, I guess now we've moved on to the Dorsey Wars, so we're off. Yeah, <laughs> what what a great time to be in Cleveland. Well, Browns fans, I hope you're excited. We know you're excited. Make sure you uh, catch out all of Daryl's coverage at 923thefan.com. Throughout Browns free agency, draft stuff, etc., that's the place to be. Uh, for us, we're signing off. There's, uh, a, like I said, a ton on our website. Make sure, though, if this is your first podcast you listen to of the Cleveland Sports Beat podcast, we're new. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes somewhere. Cleveland sports fans can find this podcast. We went wall-to-wall Browns today. Obviously, we'll mix in Cavs and Indians when uh, when the time permits. Daryl, this was fun as always. Daryl and I will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.